a familiar voice stopped by the show today because he's been doing best ball drafts and we see some problems in round one and round two. And we want to talk about it. This is the Clock Dodgers podcast. Let's talk about it. Can I play with him? Can I win with him? Now locked in to the Clock Dodgers podcast. Clock Dodgers podcast. Welcome back to the Clock Dodgers podcast. It is your host Neil, and I have a uh, a familiar voice. I was, I was going to say a familiar face, but not necessarily. It's not that's not how this podcasting works here. So familiar voice back on the show. Welcome back, Josh. Hey Neil, glad to be here, man. <laughs> Feel like it's been forever since you've been on the show, so I'm happy it, to have you. It's been a little back. while. Yeah. yeah, happy to have you back, man. Um, so we were talking off, off the offline here, and we were saying what what kind of you know content can we cover here? And you said that you've been balls deep and some best ball and okay. doing some drafting. And so yeah. I fi- so we figured yeah. it's the best best way for us to go here. Yeah, so drafters just opened up the, their early best ball drafts, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of just getting started with it. You know, just I've done just less than a handful of drafts, and I, I thought it might be fun to, to just look at the first couple of rounds because things have changed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've only if you've done a handful, even that's a lot at this point. I mean, <laughs> because you know, a lot of people kept you know people who are you know de- degenerates like you are afraid not afraid but like they want to kind of see how things play out a little bit they want to see who gets drafted where you know free agents so they want to kind of play it a little safe but you're just like forget it screw it man i'm going in now i'm jumping in this i feel like the the free agency thing applies you know just to a certain a certain group of players it doesn't it doesn't yeah i mean i guess when when they land on a team it does affect other players in in ways that you didn't expect yeah but not, you know, not, not, and plus, I mean, there's something to be said about just trying it now, right? I mean, like just doing it now, seeing how it's going and who knows, you might get lucky, man. Like something might just play out better than you thought it would because there may be a player you drafted later or, or a guy you quote unquote as a sleeper and ends up, you know, having a better situation later and you wouldn't have got him with that value anyway. So, um, so it plays both ways for you. So for those listening who haven't taken part in one of these yet or haven't started yet this, this off season, do we need to provide any context in terms of scoring or roster setup or anything like that? Does any of that matter in best ball for the, for everyone listening right now? It, on drafters, it is, it is straight PPR and it's one QB, two wide receiver. I'm sorry, three wide, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end. Okay. And best ball, 20 round drafts. Okay. Got it. And for anyone who is completely unaware of what best ball is, Basically, you draft players. You never have to set a lineup. Every week, it'll automatically roster your highest scoring players, and that's how it goes. So you don't have to worry about setting lineups and stuff. Um, again, that's just if you haven't played baseball. I'm sure most people who are listening have. Um, all right, so we're gonna go through this list, round one, round two. This is uh, are these like the averages that you're seeing from your five, from your few drafts, or how 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 do you pull these? This is just the the ADP, ADP. on drafters. Okay, perfect. All right, so this is the ADP on drafters. We're just gonna do two rounds, so we don't get too you know too deep right now, too early. But we're gonna go round one, and we got with the first pick, Christian McCaffrey. Is there any surprise there, Josh? No, I don't think nothing so. at all. Dalvin Cook, any surprise here yet? 
No, I think he deserves it. I mean, out of, out of the guys that are there, he definitely belongs in that top tier. Yeah, and then of course Kamara third. So this is kind of like, oh, and then and Barkley four, and Henry fifth. This is that group of five that you know, depending on what league you're in, who you're in it with, who they like, these guys are basically going to be flipped all around. Um, just depending on you know who you're drafting with, what's happening at the moment, what's going on with that team. Um, do you feel like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is the consensus, you know, number one, you know, across 90% of leagues, or do you feel like some of these guys are actually surprisingly going one, you think, in some of them? No, I, he's, he seems to be pretty cemented in at one. All right. So this top five is pretty cemented though, right? So this, this top five. Barkley has a chance to slip. Mm -hmm. And then. Like I've seen Devonte Adams get drafted as early as that top five. Okay. So, okay. There's a little bit of there's a little bit of you know, a little bit of wiggle room. <laughs> a little bit of unpredictable, unpredictable <laughs> things happen. Yeah. Yeah, and again, this is all you know when it comes to this kind of stuff. Again, we, as we've talked about in the past a million times, you know, there's different ways to approach this. There's different ways to approach fantasy in general, and there's different ways to win it. And so when you say there's a Devonte Adams that sneaks in there, it's because somebody's just, you know, looking at it differently. They have a different strategy, different approach. So that's fine. But th these five right now, ADP are just generally going in this order. So the first one that's not a running back that slides into round one is Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. Um, are, are you surprised that a tight end is right now just at ADP is above any wide receivers? Yeah, I am, I am surprised. I mean, I, I understand that it's because Kells just had a, a twenty point per game season. Like right. he is, he is the tight end one. You know, Kittle was not on the map, so I I feel like he he gets put more you know on a pedestal even even than he normally would be, and, and you know also the tight ends are a lot more consistent about their finishes. Like Kels's last three finishes were our one one one. Right. Or, you know, like Devontae Adams, one, 23, and four in the right. last years. Yeah. So this is one of those situations where someone's taking Kelsey. They feel like the consistency is there. They're trying to get the best player to position. Obviously, if they would have went wide receiver at six, they still could have got the best wide receiver at their position, you know, to them. But they know that's a little more uh, inconsistent. It's not as, you know, a sure thing as Kelsey. I mean, because there are wide receivers who obviously who haven't been drafted at this point at number six. Who have you know who need to outscore Kelsey? So he's he's not going off. They're not he's not landing there because of pure production. He's landing there because of consistency, and you know all the all the different you know attributes that play into that. Now you did mention Adams, Devonte Adams. You said he had you know wide receiver one, wide receiver twenty three, and then wide receiver four. And this is kind of something you see with wide receiver a lot. Is you know not not many guys go across the board you know, top five every single year. You know what I mean? It's like there is usually a big drop in one of those years or, or a decent sized drop in one of those years. And so that is where the, you know, the inconsistency concern comes in. Adams comes in at number seven. Are, are you surprised here? I know when we talked last year, you didn't have Adams as your number one wide receiver. So after the year he had, are you changing your, your, your vibe on that, Josh? I, I don't think I'm going to be drafting him there. Mm -hmm. Too early for you. Yeah, it's it's too early. Like I would just rather go for for a running back at that point. Okay. Still. Okay. So let me ask you this then: If you were at seven right now, where Adams was drafted with Travis Kelsey in front of him, if that didn't happen, or if that did happen, 
you, you I mean, either way, you know, both of those spots, you would have drafted a running back, or would you, or do you, or would you potentially pull one of those plays? Well, so a player we haven't quite made it down to, like Ezekiel Elliott's down all the way down at eleven, right? <laughs> off the board, crazy so value. I don't, I don't really understand what Zeke did to deserve that. Like we, I mean, we all know Dak was hurt. That's why the Cowboys' offense was terrible. We all know that running backs are very dependent on that, and he still finished as the RB nine on the season. Like I, I don't think that Zeke. I, I appreciate the discount. I appreciate being able to take him at eleven, but I don't think that that is the way it ought to be. I right. think he still belongs in that top tier of running backs. So you believe he should be in the top six then? Yeah. Okay. I mean, why if you're going to take Derrick Henry there, right. or Saquon Barkley, you know, who's right. been hurt, why not Zeke? Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. It totally makes sense. This is what makes this interesting. And I'm just kind of curious your thought on this. With it being best ball, do you think that people get any more reckless or creative or, you know, throw different things at it and that's why Zeke would fall? Or do you really think – you know, when the season gets closer and closer, Zeke will continue to be a discount. I don't know. I think he might, I think he might stay in this mid to late first round, Uh, you know, especially, I guess this early in the season, you might also need to think about how much off season is ahead of Zeke. You know, he could do something as he has before. Yeah. This is interesting already. I mean, at this point, because, okay, so let's go back up after Kelsey, after Devontae Adams, before Zeke, who, who we were just talking about, you have Jonathan Taylor, which is the sixth running back off the board. You have Tyree Kill, wide receiver, the second wide receiver off the board. And you have Chubb, which is the seventh running back off the board. Like, just from me looking at this, I wouldn't have drafted Taylor or Chubb in front of Zeke, personally. Um, no, I wouldn't either. So these kind of things are interesting to see. Um and again, th- this is why I think best ball is super interesting because you get some, there's so many drafts being done and you get this, I think this ADP is really interesting because it helps you kind of see where the community like is, is moving, you know, wh- wh- where it's like the majority feels a certain way. Um, and so when you start seeing things like this, like you start seeing Tyler Taylor really high and Chubb really high, you're like, man, is it really, is it really this way, you know, or is this just the beginning and because we're so early into this, that's why Zeke is down there. That's what I'm going to be curious to kind of watch, which I think as you can continue to do these and as the, the season continues to get closer and closer as we go forward, uh, I want to kind of keep revisiting these because I want to see how they change. Um, it'll be interesting to see if there's anything, you know, any interest in patterns that that happen. So um, you agree, though, Taylor, Chubb, you wouldn't draft before Zeke. Um, a- out of these guys, the last guy here to round out the first round was Diggs. What out of these 12, who was like the biggest shocker to you when you pulled up this list and, and put it on here? It's Jonathan Taylor in the middle of the yeah. first round. I mean, he finished as the RB6 and he's going off the board at the RB6. And, you know, at the same time, he didn't he didn't have the work all year long. He was like it wasn't he finished the year much stronger right. than, than the first half than what we would have bet. So I, I, I kind of understand the being excited about him and he still put up an RB six finish, but 
I just think that it's it's too pie in the sky to expect second half Jonathan Taylor to just come in and happen for 16 weeks. Right. Like those dry spells, those slow weeks are still going to happen. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at like if you, if you look at his his games, it, the last five weeks of the season are basically where he ate. You know what I mean? Like yeah. other than that, he had some you know bigger games in, in in the beginning of the season and stuff. But like for the most part, it was like under ten points, under ten points, under ten points, under ten points. So like it it you know the end of the season was where it all happened. So you know you have to ask yourself like, do I see that carrying over for sixteen games seriously next year? Do I not believe he's gonna have any competition at all? You know, Marlon Mack got hurt first game of the year. Do you think they're really not gonna have anybody there at all? Because they didn't really have anybody else besides Hines, who was more like you know catching pass out of the backfield. Um, Carson Wentz is gonna be here now. Things are gonna probably you know change a little bit in the offense as far as you know weapons and stuff. But um, to think, I mean, basically, if you're drafting him this early, you're saying I believe Jonathan Taylor is the guy who he was the last five weeks. You know, unquestionable, and I'm not buying any concern at all you know, how the season started with him being a rookie and all that kind of stuff. I, I can get it. You know I mean? I get what they're, what they're thinking. Um, but you're, you're not really buying the idea that those five weeks are going to be a 16 game thing, right? No, no. I just, I mean, who, who does that all season long? He would, he would be the RB one. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, he doesn't have enough passing game involvement. He was 29th in targets to, yeah. to have a lot of ceiling above, where he's being drafted. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Do, do you put Chubb in front of him too or no? No, I, I wouldn't have Chubb. Yeah. I mean, between between Chubb and Taylor, it's an interesting question. Like, you know, Chubb has Kareem Hunt. He has, like, real competition. He has legit competition. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's, so, yeah, New I York, agree. Chubb's finishes, he's being drafted at RB7. In the last three years, he's been RB11, 8, and 17. Like, what? why do we think – why do we think RB7 is a fair price now? What happened? Yeah, that is the um, – trying to look at the list here. That is actually, I believe, the only player in the list who, when you look at – actually, wait. No, he does have eight, so I guess he does belong there. I was trying to see if he, if he was the only player who actually didn't ever hit, you know, the the spot that he was drafted in potentially. But I mean, technically, he had a week eight. I mean, a, a running back eight season, and he's getting drafted running back seven here. Um, so technically, he's never really been RB seven. <laughs> if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Yeah, that it's just it's a very it's a very optimistic optimistic price. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then Zeke and Diggs. Diggs is interesting too, man, because I feel like, I mean, we love Diggs, right? We we love everything he does. Um, I I, I want to see when the season gets closer if he continues though to be drafted above guys who are just young, fun, you know, guys who are on fire. I, I'm really curious to see if it you know stays that way, or if the younger guys will you know knock him down out of the first round. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think he deserves to be there. He does. I think he does. At the end of the first round, I think is is the right place. You know, yeah. he's one of four guys that were over twenty points per game and at, at the wide receiver position. Yeah, no, three because I've got Michael Thomas in here, but that wasn't his twenty twenty season. Right. Yeah. So, you know, he's a top tier wide receiver. He is. No, I agree. I, I like him here. I'm just curious if you know the hype of other guys who we're actually going to talk about in round two here. Um, are going to kind of push him down a little bit. So we'll see. Let, 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 let's jump over to round two since we kind of broke down round one there a little bit. But to start off round two, 
a rookie from last season, Cam Akers. So this is our second running back who was a rookie last season who is now in the top. You know, it's the second round, but still he's, he's way up here. And again, a guy who really got hot at the end of the year. Um, yeah. So people, again, you know, are banking on the idea that these guys probably started rough because they were rookies and their team were, was trying to figure out, you know, how, how they were going to use these guys, what they were going to do with these guys. Akers finished, you know, much lower than Jonathan Taylor as far as, you know, just, you know, number straight numbers go. But, you know, at the end of the season, he went absolutely crazy. I mean, he had his moments. You know what I mean, like last, not, not the last couple games, but before that he had some huge games in the playoffs. I mean, so like, this is one of those situations again, man, like, would you put acres as high no i'm not drafting him there i mean i mean just so before i started drafting this i went through uh best ball win rates a little bit and just looked at it like by round by position and reality is that like even in the first round half of these guys are not going to give you a like a positive win rate a win rate that's above your one in 12 chance Right, so half these guys are gonna are gonna be misses anyways. I, I think if I'm gonna if I have to pick a miss, it's gonna be the guy who had one RB one week last year. <laughs> the one RB one week it was week fourteen. Yeah, I, he just seems like a pretty easy fade to me at at ADP. Like if I I've got him on a dynasty roster, maybe a couple, and I'm I'm excited about him there. I'm glad to have him. But I'm not taking him at the price of, you know, the top of the second round. Yeah, it's no, it's no doubt that this is pure playoff push. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because, yeah. like you said, the 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 season itself didn't have anything that you know put put him here this high. Um, it, he he went crazy in the playoffs, no question. There's no doubt in it, right? I mean, he went he went off. But it's just like, I mean, there's guys I could personally think of who are not even in this draft in two rounds that I, you know, would look at it potentially safer and definitely outscored them, definitely perform better um, on, on a season long basis. So I, I kind of want to like go down the list and then I have thing questions at the end or kind of some thoughts at the end that we'll go over too. Um, we have Hopkins right behind him who finished at wide receiver. I mean, who's, who's here at wide receiver four on this list. Um, he had four, he finished as four five and one the last three years. So no concern here for me. I was big on even when he got traded. Um, I know some people kind of were concerned, like, will he really get all those targets? Will it play out the same way? But um, he he did he did his thing, man. He earned this, so I'm fine with this here. Hopkins, are you fine with Hopkins here? Yeah, when when I bump down Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb, like Hopkins is one of the guys that moves up. Mm. So is he does is he first round worthy? Yeah, I think he I think he should okay. be honestly. Okay. I mean, wide receiver four, five, and one. Yeah, and like this was his wide receiver four season last year was his first year with the Cardinals. Right. And it's important to mention, you know, again, you know, if you're in the fantasy community and you're looking at like fantasy Twitter and all these places and you're listening to podcasts and articles, you know, there's people who hate drafting running backs early. They hate drafting wide receivers early. So like when you're looking at guys like, you know, running back seven, running back eight, and then you see wide receiver four, you're like, does this make sense? You know what I mean, so like depends on how that person approaches it. Um, these will really vary. You know what I mean? There's going to be people who are going to be outliers who are going to like draft a guy you see right now in this ADP way higher or way lower. Um, it's just the way it's going to happen. So this isn't like, you know, Bible here, but it's just kind of, you know, again, an interesting look early to see how, how things play out. Um, 
My boy Eckler, bro. Eckler, third pick in the second round. I'm. I, I want to feel. I, I feel like, man. I don't know. I, I kind of. I'm a little. I, I don't know if I'm shocked that he's here. I always feel like you know. I, I I guess because I love Austin Eckler so much, I always feel like he doesn't get enough love. But to see him here, it's like you know he is getting love. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's probably getting some Justin Herbert love. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people are excited about what the Chargers could be with their with their new starting running or quarterback. And so that's spilling over to Austin Eckler, and maybe, you know, maybe that's a sound decision to make. But like, again, not. like if if I have to go through all the guys in the second round and say half of these guys are going to not pay off, uh, Austin Eckler at RB at RB ten, you know, when two of his last three seasons were RB twenty or 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 worse, man, seems like a tough bet. Don't be bashing Eckler, bro. I don't, like I. Missed a lot he, of games last I know year. He can man. Do it. I know he can do it, but <laughs> it seems like a like I'm not betting the house right. on Austin. I got you. There. <laughs> I got you. All right. So after Eckler, our second tight end makes an appearance. And that's George Kittle. The tight end two in this ADP, George Kittle, who's had uh nineteen finished the season nineteen, three and three. Obviously was hurt last year. Um so he didn't, you know, didn't live up to what everyone expected because he was hurt and couldn't do it. But here he is again, injury be damned, back at the top, second round, second tight end off the board because everyone has to go behind Kelsey apparently. Um, and, and Kittle is here. Do, I mean, do you feel more comfortable with a guy like Kittle than you do in Acres or an Eckler personally? I, I don't know. Like, I. Yeah, I feel more comfortable with Kittle than with Akers or Eckler, but I I still just feel like this is this is pretty hot for for tight end. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the vibe, at least the Josh vibes, that you you don't really agree with ADP right now. You're not feeling this ADP at all. The second round is kind of tough. Yeah, it's choppy for you. I can tell. I can tell every time we get to a guy, you're like, mm, I don't like it. <laughs> like you know who you know who I am happy to take in the second round. Who's that? It's Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas, and he's not even on here. No, he's not. And I understand Drew Brees has retired. He was hurt for a whole season. Like there, there are legitimate question marks. But like, there's there are questions with all these guys. You know, not with Hopkins, but like Acres, Eckler. You know, Kittle is more just an issue of like, am I really drafting? Am I really drafting the tight end two in the second round? Yeah, so so for you, with, with those concerns, because those are legit concerns, like Drew Brees not being there, um, you know, this him just you know being hurt last year and all these things, you're just looking at it as, hey, I don't care who's throwing him the ball, I feel like his talent will supersede all that, and I'm not going to be concerned about it. Yeah, Michael Thomas is you know, he's a possession receiver. He's not a guy who plays a deep a dot type of a game. I don't feel like he needs to find a click like Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Right. I feel like Ryan Tannehill could throw Michael Thomas the ball. <laughs> you know? Can Taysom Hill? <laughs> My only concern with the Taysom Hill is that you're going to get like a, a Lamar Jackson situation where yeah. there's, not very many air yards in that offense, that probably wouldn't be good. 
Yeah, Michael Thomas was a was a big you know one one of the bigger like disappointments last season because of the injury. Like it was horrible, man. Like such yeah. a monster season the year before, and to like lose all of that like sucked. I know teams I had felt it. Yeah, you know I mean like it was almost like it felt like you couldn't overcome it, man. Like you you expected so much, and like you when you come at the end of the season, you're like, man, why did my team struggle so bad? And then you're like, like man, when you lose a guy like Michael Thomas, man, it's hard to make up for that. You know what I mean? So. This is what makes, you know, again, the the best ball, you know, interesting because you don't have to think about like if, if you have an injury to someone like Michael Thomas or, you know, a big player, you're not thinking about like which replacement am I using this week? Which one am I using next week? Am I going to start playing these lineups? I got to start playing these matchups and this and that. Like you're like, you know that no matter who you have, you're getting the highest guy that scored in that spot. So like you feel a little better about injuries. In my, in my opinion, do you agree with that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, so the injury thing doesn't bother you as much. I feel like in baseball, and right. so you know, if as long as you draft well late, you don't have to worry about the matchups and this and that. And am I playing the right guy the right week? Like, I'm not going to be losing points on my bench. So, I feel like it, it's less dramatic for you. It's less of a heavy swing, um, unless you draft horrible, of course. <laughs> uh, then it sucks. But yeah, Michael Thomas, man, to see that. That, that and this is where we're going to get our discounts, quote unquote, right? Um, a guy like him who, because he disappeared basically because of injury, people forget it, and then you throw in a Drew Brees situation, and people even more like, I don't want no part of this. But like you said, if there's a Jameis Winston or a, t- a talented quarterback that goes to this team, like, who cares? <laughs> like, it's Michael Thomas, you know what I mean? So, like, a guy that I couldn't imagine outside of the first round in my wildest dreams. In this ADP, at least, it's not even in two rounds. Yeah, I, I think that the, I think it's gone too far. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, next guy on the list, and Metcalf. I know you're a fan. I yeah, I like DK Metcalf, but you know, wide receiver seven last year had had a pretty great season. Finished <laughs> wide receiver seven. He's being drafted at wide receiver five. Yeah, this so. is where the excitement comes in. The excitement factor. Um, Dobbins, another one. Man, yeah, you know, if I feel like if the Ravens get it back together and and do what they did in in the 2019 season, like Dobbins could definitely pay off. Yeah, I'm gonna move down this list a little bit. Justin Jefferson, I'm not gonna debate this one. We're both. I mean, I, I we seen what he did. Are you debating? Are you gonna argue this? Uh, he's he's one that I feel safer with. Okay, all right. So we're not even gonna have to discuss him. Aaron Jones is interested on this list too. Um, I guess let me stop here and just kind of ask you a question then. Aaron Jones might not even be a Packer, right? Right. If, if he's not a Packer, is he still drafted in the first two rounds? You know, Leonard Fournette, I thought when he went to the Bucks that that was going to be an upgrade. And then they just decided not to use him. And like Aaron Jones doesn't have, he doesn't have a high draft capital pedigree you know it kind of took him a while to to become the guy in uh you know in in green bay and if he went to another team uh, like i i would like to see it be a big payday for him and for it to just be like very clearly stated intentions gotcha. if, if that's the case you know if it's a team that seems to have the the intentions of just feeding him i think aaron jones is a good player okay so if if he gets a big deal, a good deal, in the right spot, you're still confident. 
round two value. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you know, he's going RB 12 and he's been the RB five, two and 24. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's reasonable. Okay. That's fine. I was just curious what your thought was there. Um, after him is Calvin Ridley. I don't think we could argue Calvin Ridley being on this list. Yeah. I, I think that one's okay. All right. Yeah. The next one I'm kind of curious, AJ Brown. Uh, you think this is okay or do you have an issue with this? I mean, I, I really like the player. And if he stays healthy for 16, which, you know, we don't have a real good reason to believe that he, he can't stay right. healthy. I mean, Tannehill was slinging the rock, man. He was making it happen. Yeah, well, I, I think, yeah, you know, I, we'll go, I'll go ahead and give him his credit. He, he deserves some credit. He has definitely turned around since he stopped playing for Adam Gase. <laughs> for sure. All right, the last two are Swift who I guess, again, we're all taking this running back, this rookie running back, and saying although he didn't deserve, you know, statistically speaking, to be in this spot with new coaching and hopefully a commitment to Swift, um, that he's going to belong here at the end of the season. Um, do, do you Are you comfortable with making that decision? I, I feel like Swift deserves to be ahead of, like, Dobbins. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Why- I just felt like Swift uh, was more of a like a steady drumbeat all season long with a coach that we know doesn't make great decisions, you know, and by the end of the season, I mean, maybe besides Jonathan Taylor, like I felt like Swift really uh, just his stock rose the whole way through. Like I felt yeah. like he was really maybe the best rookie running back. Hey, he, he overcame Adrian Peterson, man. <laughs> If he can overcome Adrian Peterson, then he belongs in the second round, my man. <laughs> and and the horrible head coaching. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not mad at it. Like like you said, there's other guys above him that I'm more concerned about being on this list and him being there, uh, where he's at. And the last guy, so disrespectful, Darren Waller. Darren Waller made the top, the first two rounds, which I'm proud, man. I'm proud to see this day has come. But I don't, I don't think you're happy with it, Josh. Well, I really want Darren Waller in the third round. Like, I, if I can, if I can get him in the third round, I'm happy to do it. And, and maybe, maybe two twelve is like the honest price that I should be forced to pay. Yeah, it's, it's so funny to see him there, man. What, what, what a, what, a, what a way he's come, man. What a, the distance Darren Waller has traveled. He's made it into the second round of the ADP currently. This is a beautiful thing, man. Even though you know, I think he probably should be the number one tight end. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I'll tell you, I think he's the best buy out of first round Kells, you know, early second round Kittle. Yeah, I would take Waller over them both where he's yeah, at. Give me, give me Waller at 212. Yeah, I agree. All right. So if we just look at the total each position, you got 13 running backs, eight wide receivers, three tight ends. So more than half were running backs, basically, in, in two rounds. Um, again, you know, my, my only thoughts I come away with here is if Aaron Jones isn't a Packer, I am a little concerned about it depends on where he goes, obviously in the situation, there's so much to go here. Um, but I guess drafting him now, when we don't know how those things are going to play out. I, I get it. Um, I will say there's no Josh Jacobs on this list. There's no James Robinson on this list who in PPR, both were top eight finishes at running back um, like 230 and 250 points somewhere there for both of them. Meanwhile, we mentioned Dobbins Swift, both didn't crack 200 points. Hell, Dobbins was like 100 points, less than both Jacobs and Robinson. So I'm kind of curious, though, for you. I know I'm a big Jacobs fan. We know there's a lot of Robinson fans now because of what he did last year in his rookie season. Why 
no Josh Jacobs, why no James Robinson? But all these guys, Dobbins, Swift, Akers, they all they all get the the the, the better end of this and get to be believed in. Yeah, it's just it's just hype. It's just rookie hype. It's yeah. shining joy. I think you're right. I think James Robinson deserved to be in there. Josh Jacobs. I mean, I think we could make a we could have a conversation about Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that those guys are, are getting snubbed a little bit. And then in the wide receivers, I think you know Allen Robinson is one of those free agents, but like Keenan Allen, I think he's getting a little bit of a snub. Yeah, and, and that's why you know when I was talking about AJ Brown towards the end of the second round, me, you know, there, there's a few wide receivers who finished ahead of him last season. And plenty who finished right behind him, like pretty close to him, just number wise. This isn't dynasty, right? We don't care about youth. We don't care about how long a guy has to play left. I mean, is he that much more dominant, you know, or a sure thing than those guys that you're mentioning, those vets who, man, if Allen Robinson just gets put with a good quarterback, bro, like this dude, his whole life has never played with a good quarterback. Like he just hasn't. And he's been, he's so underrated. So it almost feels like disrespect, honestly, like. Allen Robinson, if he gets put with a great quarterback, and, and he's not being put here because we don't know. But if he does, like, I'm drafting Allen Robinson over AJ Brown. I got to be honest, if he goes to a good quarterback. I think you should. Yeah. I think so, so, yes, I mean, like you said, Keenan Allen with Justin Herbert, if he keeps up that pace and the team gets, you know, just more involved in the offense, um, there's just so many guys here. So, AJ Brown, you know, for me, it's like, ah, I don't know, man. Like, I, I probably wouldn't put him there for me if it was just my own personal, you know, draft. I was going down this whole list myself. Um, and then again, like I said, guys like Jacobs not being on here, Robinson, those are the big guys I'm feeling like got stiffed on this on this whole thing while all the rookies are being drafted. And that's why I'm curious, and I want to follow this with you um, as we continue to move closer and closer to the season and as we go through drafts and all these things. Um, the other big question I have for you is, obviously, we don't know. Um, well, as we're wrapping this up here, we don't know who will go where and what will change team-wise and who will be drafted. But if you had to guess today, would a rookie sneak into this top 24? Uh, you know, I I think, yeah, I think post-draft. Yeah? Post-draft, like the the first drafted running back will probably sneak in there. And knock like a Waller off or an A.J. Brown or one of those guys probably. Um, so, yeah, uh, this is this is fun. So this is a fun little exercise to, you know, to run through. Um, like I said, there's no point in going super deep because there's so much different variables and things that are going to change as we get closer and we can go, you know, deeper into these things as the season gets closer and, and things are actually happening, um, and, and changing and taking, and, you know, guys are changing places and signing and being drafted. Um, we can go further into it and see how these things continue to, you know, to change other than that, other than what I've pointed out here and what you've pointed out so far, is there any other note or player or anything you want to talk about that are in these two rounds? or that aren't on these two rounds that you feel like should be before we wrap this up, Josh? Well, I, I think we, I think we kind of hit them, you know, like Adam Thielen, Michael Thomas, yep. Alan Robinson, Keenan Allen, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs. I think those are the players you're getting an early season discount on. Yeah. And so again, that's the gift and the curse of uh, these best balls and early season drafting and drafting before the true NFL draft and before free agency, is you're going to get guys who you drafted that don't end up being as well because of the situation changing and guys who end up you drafted later and got great deals on and end up being much better, you know, having a better opportunity and role than you thought they would. Um, so yeah, I definitely encourage it. I definitely you know think you're doing the right thing here, Josh, and, and taking part in all of it. So um, man, this was a great episode, dude. This was a great conversation about this stuff, Josh. Yeah, I enjoyed it, Neil. Absolutely, Josh. Well, man, listen, 
You guys know where to find Josh at JC Crocker on Twitter. Hit him up, chop it up with him. Tell him what you think. Hey, listen, we covered the first two rounds at ADP. We want to know what you guys think about it. We want to know who you think belongs in these two rounds that were not, or who you think belongs out of these two rounds. I, there's a lot here, man. There's some man, my boy Josh Jacobs being disrespected. James Robinson being disrespected. What, what more do you want the man to do? What more do you want him to do? Follow Josh at JC Crocker. Follow me at Clock Dodgers on Twitter, Instagram. You can email us, contact at clockdodgers.com. Any way you want to, you know, to approach it. However you feel comfortable, I'm here for you. Just do it. Just do it. Also, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't subscribed. Listen, people always ask, how can I help the show? You guys give so much great content. You know, you're doing these five days a week now. Um, you know, you guys helped me win the league last year, this and that. How can we help? Listen, all we ask is that you leave a five-star review, if you haven't already, that you share the podcast with a friend and that you make sure you're subscribed. Literally, those those are the greatest things you could possibly do for this podcast. There's, there's, you know, th- th- those are the most effective ways of helping this podcast grow. The numbers continue to go up. The c- the community continues to grow. Everything is amazing. I love you guys. Appreciate everything you guys are doing for us. It's not just this is a two way street. You know, we're doing the show for you guys, but you guys are giving back as well, and we can't thank you enough for it. Um, other than that, as always, be kind, be great, keep dying.